Welcome to Sunny Side Up, B2B podcast produced by Demand Matrix. I'm Mithul Shah and it's my pleasure to be a host for the day. My name is Mithul Shah. Welcome to Sunny Side Up. We have Brian Wade, CEO of Sixter. After building and leading the teams in B2B sales and accomplishing several core business goals as a chief product officer of Salesforce Marketing Cloud, Brian started as a CEO of Sixter back in 2017 with the sole aim of building product that creates the next frontier in marketing. We are super happy to have Brian participate in this episode. So Brian, welcome to Sunnyside Up. Thank you for having me on. Really appreciate it. It's great to be here. Brian, for our listeners, can you tell a little bit about yourself? What made you start Sixter? What are the best parts of running the company and trying to disrupt this whole email marketing? Yeah, so a little background on me. I started out my career as a consultant doing CRM before Salesforce was around. So I've been around for a while. So I would do, uh, if you recall those systems like Siebel. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and Unica and Vantif and Clarify Business Objects. I was a certified consultant around the world doing those implementations. And then I found my way to this startup called Exact Target and uh, an email marketing uh, platform. Uh, at the time, it was you know, pr- pretty small. Uh, humble beginnings, but we had a great team, big vision, and uh, had the right product in the right market at the right time and just took off. Um, grew. I think I started there. We were for sure sub $15 million in revenue, and uh, obviously we, we exited with an IPO at $300 million plus in, in, in revenue and ARR, uh, acquired by Salesforce. And from there, I, I had a big role at Salesforce, ran the, the marketing cloud, cloud product team. Um, had product management and product marketing and a variety of the other areas. And after a couple of years of that, uh, you know, it's a great job, great company. I only have amazing things to say about that that experience. And you know, I just had this itch. I wanted to do my own business. I wanted to be a CEO. I wanted to try it. And uh, so, Dexter came along uh, this opportunity, and uh, I took it. So yeah, it's been two over two years now, and we've got a great business, over 500 customers. Marketers all around the world leverage our platform for their employees to run Sixter inside their email signature to standardize it across their their company and then also to gather data. And you talk about the next frontier of email. A lot of companies, especially in B2B, don't think about calendar invites and email data as something they can access in their late-stage sales process. It's locked up in IT. They, they own that, that corporate email system, your G Suite, your Office 365. And we take that data and, and bring it back into the CRM and marketing automation systems and, and let marketers use it to help AEs close deals. This is so fascinating. Going back to my old days, I actually worked on Siebel and so forth. So, you know, definitely quite familiar with that era of CRM and how it kind of got started and whether it has morphed and where it is right now with this advent of SaaS and how it has kind of evolved and everything is kind of moving towards cloud. But given your time and operational experience in SaaS, what are some of your thoughts as to how this segment has kind of evolved and where it is headed? And if I am like marketer, how I should think about it? Well, I think we all experienced that kind of first digital revolution, if you will, when all the cloud-based platforms started to come up in the 2000s. And yeah, everything was, was moving from on-prem and server-side into the cloud, uh, which created SaaS. I don't know if, if the term SaaS came first or cloud came second or which one, but it's, it's synonymous. And now that, that's just the way everyone is moving um, because now it's so easy to build a SaaS business. Uh, when I was 
you know, in the early days, and even long in, into Exact Target, we had to buy our own infrastructure. You had to order a server. You had to wait for the infrastructure to be delivered and installed in your data center. You know, that kind of planning could take months. So your product releases, you'd spend a lot of time writing these big code bases and deploying up against infrastructure. It was slow. And now it is rapid, all in the cloud. Your infrastructure is there. Your code's there. Obviously, with Amazon and Google Cloud and, and Azure, it's it's become much easier to start these kinds of marketing tech businesses. And so what it results in for the for the marketer are a proliferation of choices of technology. I mean, there's you know, marketing automation, account-based marketing. All these categories of, of companies are, are popping up and have popped up. And so marketers have a lot of technology they can they can leverage. And, and, and a lot of them I talk to have a lot of vendors in their stack. Yeah, I think sometime, I think like a couple of years ago, there were not enough technology. I think now I guess marketers are complaining that there are way too many technologies that they have to deal with. I had a, a conversation with a, a VP of marketing at a pretty large uh, company last week, and, and we got to talking, and I asked her, I said, how many different CSMs, customer success managers, does your team have to interface with across all your all the vendors? And she said 26 different vendors in their stack that try to schedule quarterly business reviews. And, and she's like, we just can't do it. We, we, we've got to put, they put a barrier up and it's kind of only begun to, to really have those kind of interactions with a few of them. And, and, and the rest of them, they just can't, they can't make the time. It's crazy. Yeah, I was talking with one of the CMOs. They're using 52 technologies right now in the whole Martex you know, stack. And it's getting to the point where he's, even if, you know, your solution is not the best, but it just helps me to deal with one less vendor, I might just do it. It's starting to get to that, yeah. No, absolutely. Let's dive into a couple of these top of mind, like B2B areas. Email marketing, what you were just kind of talking about and the trends and how it has kind of evolved and the position and the stands where how Sixter, you know, has taken and how you guys are using email as a way to essentially do the marketing, right? And then essentially help these marketers figure out that who has the strongest relationship and what's working, what's not working. That's an amazing and very brilliant way of trying to figure this out. How did you come about it? And where do you see this particular area of the market, email marketing trends kind of evolving? You know, to clarify for the audience, you know, Sixter focuses on, on corporate email. So we don't compete with MailChimp or a Pardot or a Salesforce marketing cloud Got email. It. It's not so much what you would call classic email marketing. We upload a list of email addresses and send an HTML email. What we do is take over the email signature for all your employees, and then we put a banner at the bottom of that signature, an, an advertisement, if you will. And it's a, it's a dynamic, one-to-one -one personalized banner ad. Every time the email gets opened, it reaches out to the Sixter and it says, is this person a customer? Are they a prospect? Are they in my Marketo? Are they in my Salesforce? Are they in retail or are they in Australia? And we, we're smart about collecting all this data from these third-party integrations we've built with all the marketing automations and CRM systems to then drive these one-to-one -one personalized banners. And then and so like, you know, that channel, this corporate email, your G Suite, your Office 365, every B2B business in the world runs a corporate email system. And so it's free. I mean, it's just like this, this real estate is there for you and marketers haven't taken advantage of it. And so that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to unlock this new advertising channel. What I say is email marketing needs advertising and they had a baby because it behaves a little bit like ads as far as the way the click-throughs work. 
but it's an owned marketing channel, kind of like email marketing. That's kind of the way we think about it. But the data that gets thrown off, it's data typically marketers haven't had access to. Because you think about who in your organization owns your G Suite, who in your organization owns your Office 365, like who has the credentials to log into the back end? It's IT. Marketing can't log into that stuff and get the analytics. So we take that out of the system and put it into their systems they use. So the analytics and the intent. When somebody accepts a calendar invite, that's a signal of intent. And we're partnering with ABM, the account-based marketing platforms, and and, and helping marketers use the data to be smarter about their targeting. Very interesting. So can you share maybe top tips, you know, on how B2B marketers and B2B sales teams are currently using it or, or how they're able to better optimize the combination of technology plus data to bring the right insights to lift business ROIs? So there's some really simple best practices. So the first is to put a dynamic banner in your email signature. And when I say dynamic, what I mean is you can either have it be dynamic based on the employee or the sender. So you might have employees in North America and employees in South America or Australia that can run different banners based on you know local market-specific campaigns and calls to action. The other kinds of targeting you can do with these banners is you can upload a list from your HubSpot or Marketo or Pardot or any of those systems, and you can target the recipient. So if the recipient is a customer, they may see a different banner than the recipient who is a prospect. The customer may see a banner that says, learn about our new product release. Whereas the prospect, it may say, come to our webinar, right? So you can personalize the content in your email signature in a number of of ways. And we make that really easy. That's some of the most basic best practices we, we talk about with our customers. Got it. So if, if I'm a marketer today, you know, I mean, again, as we're talking about, like, there are too many technologies now for me to deal with, right, as opposed to what it was before. What's your advice to a marketer as to how they should be thinking about it? Because my goal is to get the best MQLs or SQLs for my sales team to generate, you know, ultimately at the sale or ROI for my business and not to deal with technologies. Yeah, I mean, I think it comes down to how do you want to run your marketing program? Everyone has a website. So inbound marketing happens no matter what. We talk about account-based marketing and how important it is, and it is important. We, we run it here at Sixter. But what I say to my team is inbound just happens. It runs, and so you have to deal with that traffic, those leads. You have to find a way to qualify them and make sure they are truly people you want to speak with. And so what, what we do is we focus on our ideal customer profile, who do we want to target, and we make sure that those inbound leads meet the, the ideal customer profile criteria. And then we reach out and target heavily into the prospects that we know are the best, going to be the best customers for Sixter. Very interesting. And when you guys are executing these ABM campaigns, how do you decide or how do you even figure out, you know, who to target, what strategies to use, you know, for these specific ABM campaigns do you guys run parallel ABM campaigns, you know, right now? Is it like one at a time? Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. So we've been on a journey for sure. <laughs> and uh, it started with just we target one account. So we picked one account to try, and we chose a account, an account that we wanted to break into. So we went all hands. We had marketing do some really creative personalization with direct mail pieces. I sent some personal emails. The sales rep was calling in. And it just so happened that we were able to break into that account and, and win it. And we thought, man, this is easy. 
<laughs> and then we decided to do it to 100 accounts, and it got harder because scaling is the hard part. How do you get every AE to think about these accounts, research them, and treat them in a way where it's personalized for their outreach? And so we created a deal desk. And when you think about oh, the word deal desk, most people think about a sales deal desk, like late stage pipeline. I'm going to go meet with my VP of sales and sit on the deal desk. This is the opposite. This is early stage funnel, pre-pipe. We assigned a marketer and we gave her the title of account-based marketer. We had her sit in, in a conference room and have the reps come in every week and, and talk about these you know, 15 accounts they got assigned and how they're going to break in. And they got really creative. So that was how we got to about 150 accounts. Then we tried 1,000 accounts, and that was just too hard to scale. And so you got to start small, build your way up, and then figure out where's your sweet spot for how many accounts you can really, truly go after in a personalized way. And that's how we've approached it. Initially, you broke into one account, but then essentially when you're trying to extend it to 100, let me just clarify to understand it, that there are certain set of accounts that were assigned to sort of AEs. And they would work with marketers, like there were, I don't know, one or two X number of marketers that would work with to create this personalized campaign to get into those accounts. That's exactly right. And so at first we let the AEs pick their accounts. So the, you know, the rep in Seattle picks Starbucks. Well, Starbucks is a B2C company, not our ideal customer. But the young account executives thought, I'm going to go get this big whale. And what we learned is, you know, we need to have the the marketing team use the data to say, here are the 10 most ideal customers in Seattle, 15 most ideal customers in Seattle, hand that list to the AE, and then work with them to break in through, yeah, direct mail, cold calling, cold emailing, LinkedIn, you name it, every tactic we come up with, we, we run. And yeah, the marketers assigned to make that happen. Very interesting. In your ABM, you know, in the sequencing and the tactics, did you guys try something that really worked well for you guys to break into your account? You know, we ran a program called Kicking It with Sixter. And if you uh, signed up for a demo, you got a pair of kicks. So we had these Stan Smiths. These are these white Adidas shoes that are, have a little green. And our colors are green. So, you know, you had to give us your shoe size to get the shoes. So, and you had to take the demo. And we actually had a really good response rate to that. Yeah, you know, everybody wanted the pair of shoes for themselves or for their son or for their husband or you know, whatever it was. And uh, we, the response rate was pretty amazing. So that's worked pretty well for us. Like fun tactic, something different, <laughs> yeah, you know? That's brilliant. So you would send an email to them, you know, kick it with a sixter. They have to take a demo with you to receive a pair of shoes. Yeah. And then you have to get on the phone and tell us your shoe size and kind of require something from them and and then they get something in return. That's very cool. That's a very creative tactic. Any other key takeaways and few words of advice uh, you would like to share as a parting thoughts? You know, it could be on marketing, work-life balance, entrepreneurship, anything. You only live one life. So you got to make sure you do things that are important for you. That's one of the things I've been focusing on personally is just making sure I'm getting the exercise I need, the family time I need. It's amazing how much more productive I am at work when I do that. Mm. It's like this byproduct. It's like if you feel good, then you are good. So that'd be my only advice. <laughs> That's what I tell you know people here at Demand Matrix as well. You have to take care of yourself first. If you're happy, then you're going to bring that happiness in your work and what you're going to do. If you're really unhappy, then it doesn't matter how good you're at it or how much passion you are at it. The results are not going to be there. That's right. 
Awesome. Well, thank you for your time, Brian. You know, re- love the insights, you know, on, on ABM, some of the tactics, email marketing, where the industry is going, and some of the personal advice that you gave. Hope you enjoyed participating in Sunny Side Up as well. And hopefully we'll have you in our future shows as well. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. It's been great. Thank you. Thanks, Brian.